Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm Debbie Gardner-McCullough. I'm a communications coach and a narrative coach from New Zealand based in the fine state of Wisconsin. Every week, the Sage Sayers podcast looks at communications tips and strategies, and we interview interesting individuals from all over the world who found the gift and the opportunity from life's inevitable challenges. My guest this week is Bill Carmody. He's head of coaching for Positive Intelligence, a coaching and training program helping you learn and apply the science and mastery of your own mind so you feel happier, more confident, and you perform better too. Bill oversees applying mental fitness and the business development program for thousands of coaches worldwide. He supports coaches to elevate the business end of their coaching business. He's a top 100 sales influencer, a corporate trainer, and a former columnist for Inc. and Forbes magazine. And Coach Bill's enjoyed some epic adventures. He's stood next to Tony Robbins as he rung the opening bell for NASDAQ. He's finished top 50% in his first 104.6 mile Ironman, and he's even interviewed Sir Richard Branson. So why do I know and love Coach Bill? Well, he's a certified positive intelligence coach who's worked and trained with many coaches, including me, and we adore his ambitious mission, bringing mental fitness to at least 10 million people across the globe by 2025. Bill Carmody, welcome to the Sage Sayers. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Debbie. Appreciate you. Oh, it's so great to have you here, Bill. So I wondered, in your experience and from your vantage point as a coach, what become the biggest mental hangups obstructing entrepreneurs and within that coaches like me seeking to grow their business? Fear and specifically fear of rejection. And so one of the things that I very much focus on is how to accept the no as an opportunity to get to the yes. And for me, the whole thing about fear of rejection is that, especially in coaches, coaches take it personally because the product itself is coaching. It's a service that individuals share of themselves. So it's a very vulnerable space to make an offer for coaching because when somebody rejects the offer, it's not, doesn't feel like they're just rejecting a widget, feels like a very personal rejection. And so if we can work past that and be okay and see that it isn't a rejection of the person or even the coaching, it's just no for now, then that becomes an opportunity to build from it and continue to be successful by being okay with no's because you need to have at least nine no's to get to one yes. Yeah, I I can totally relate. And I know that you grew your own coaching business from the ground up. In fact, in your first year, you made 350,000 US dollars as a coach. Yes. You've also founded and successfully exited two highly profitable and award-winning multi-million dollar marketing agencies, and you're publishing a book, Mm -hmm. The Three Rules of Marriage. I know, though, that you've also had mental obstacles that you encountered in growing your own business. I wondered, what were the core mental obstacles that got in your way, and how did you navigate those and negative thoughts? 
Yeah. So for me, the biggest obstacles that got in my way were the external validation and and part of, and, and trusting others more than trusting myself. And that became a real interesting lesson, both in business and in finance. So the the uh, I was at a, a seminar once and someone said, what would it what would life be like if you could unwind the three worst financial decisions you made in your life? And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> because they were pretty big. Oh, and, my goodness. Uh, you know, I, I, I made some really bad financial decisions. And part of that was I was investing in things I didn't understand. And I would even say the biggest financial decisions that I made the, in my business where I made mistakes was I invested in, in people that I thought were going to help my business more than they actually could. And so what I realized was every time I was looking out there for mm-hmm. the answers, that's where I ran into problems. When I invested in myself, when I invested in my uh, my team to work through the work that we needed to do, but not looking for external validation, but really internally, like, are we aligned and can we actually get the outcomes we want to see? Um, that's where things started to really grow. So I think for me, it was trusting myself was the journey and trusting others were the obstacles of really trying to make sure that other people would quote unquote, save me or rescue me or take me into a place that I couldn't get to myself. Yeah. And as you share that really vulnerable and insightful response, Bill, I'm, and I'm going a little off script here, what were the, you know, I hear the presence of saboteurs and I wondered what were the biggest lies that your saboteurs and your, including your judge might've been telling you at those times? Yeah. So my judge was telling me that I'm not enough and my top saboteurs were controller and hyperachiever. And in the context of the hyperachiever was, well, if you really want to go be, create a, a much more successful company, go hire someone who is the CEO of a previously highly successful company and put your faith in them because mm-hmm. logically, like they've already done it. So they should be able to do it with you. It's no big deal. Right. And that was not the case. You know, I, I was chasing other individuals who turned out not to be as, as effective as I thought they were. Sometimes people are just lucky and you don't, you can't see that. It's like you, you just happen to be in the right place at the right time, it's really hard to test for that. So I would say that my hyperachiever kept me looking outward as to what was next and how to it kept moving the goalposts and trying to figure out how would I up my game. My controller was having to know the need to have control in a very much an uncertain marketplace. And it's really difficult for a controller to, to be all in when there are so many things that are out of your control, right? And so like right. that sort of activate my, my judge and, and everything else that would come into that. So for me, it was really working through those logistics so I could be in my sage and understand like, how could I live into the principles of the work that I was doing? How could I empower my team? And how could I really look inward for the answers as opposed to chasing somebody else's expertise? Yeah. Yeah. And so from that response, again, we're, we're learning and getting the sense that mental fitness, you know, exercising and growing the ability to rebound from life's inevitable setbacks. And as entrepreneurs, we find a lot of those um, is, is really one of the core paths for us to stay centered and learn from those setbacks, but also activate and and get strong. So I wondered with your vantage as your vantage point as head of coaching for positive intelligence mm. 
and as a mental fitness coach and a corporate trainer, can you explain first to my listeners what mental fitness is and then the top three ways that mental fitness can transform not just how we perform as entrepreneurs, but also how we feel and as we grow our business? Yeah. So, so mental fitness is your ability to approach all of life challenges with a positive rather than negative mindset. And the way that Shirzad Shamin, who's the author of the book, Positive Intelligence, the New York Times bestselling author, um, is he t- approaches it like if you're uh, mentally fit, you're looking at sort of what kind of obstacles you can overcome. Um, if you know, if you're lifting sort of a mental five pound weight, you can handle five pound problems. And if you're lifting mental, you know, 50 pound weights, then you can handle 50 pound problems. But if you're only only used to doing five pound challenges and suddenly come up against a 50 pound challenge, you like, ah, you know, it's not really going to be there. So the idea of mental fitness is we're developing our neuro pathways so that we can really look at the opportunities that are presenting themselves as opportunities and to look at the gift of any challenge that comes up in our space. So for me, the gift of mental fitness as it comes to any type of business is really being able to turn things around and look at the challenges as opportunities. So that sage mindset of what is the gift in this and what am I not seeing? What's in my blind spot? allows me to actually not be hijacked by things that don't go my way or problems that I don't anticipate. It's really, there's a lot of uncertainty in life and in business and the ability to remain positive means I can keep my best thinking forward and not be in reaction. Because what ends up happening is, is that if I am being hijacked by my saboteurs, what ends up happening is, is that I'm in reaction to my circumstances and I'm not designing my life. So for me, the biggest advantage of mental fitness training is being at choice. No matter what the external stimuli is, I am at choice with how I want to respond to what's coming up in the space. And then more importantly, I'm designing my life in a way that allows me to get to what I'm up up for and not in reaction to those external stimuli or circumstances. Yeah, it's so true. And I think the more that I become a mental fitness practitioner using the positive intelligence Uh, operating system through the app and just being part of this community, I find I waste far less time in that negative hijacked emotion, which becomes so obstructing. I, I know from your group coaching sessions, Coach Bill, that you encourage us to build that muscle of hearing no from our prospective uh, established ideal niche clients in a positive versus a negative way. And you're so right. So I've been applying this wisdom and challenging myself to hear no's. And in fact, I received a big one this week. I reached out to a CFO of a Fortune 500 company asking her for guidance on where to take my group coaching package and would she come to my podcast? And the curt response was really negative, but I surprisingly found myself rebound like a peak fitness boxer. Like I kind of just mentally got back up and was like, Woohoo! This is this is awesome. Now I am confirmed. I really don't want to work with that demographic. I'm really going after entrepreneurs who are immigrants like me. And so I I wondered if you could tell us how that sage perspective and sales and selling 
ourselves and our services works. Yeah, it's it's the first first perspective is to not take it personally. And in the very example that you just gave, you know, if if someone rejects you and you become down and negative and you know, I had a a business partner that used to say you can either choose to be better or bitter. And so in those situations, you know, are you going to become better for being rejected by that Fortune 100, you know, potential client, or are you going to be bitter about it? If you're bitter about it, you're in the negative saboteur energy and it's a downward spiral. Like, why is life happening to me this way? What, why me? Why now? All of those questions. That's the bitterness questions. Better is about, okay, so what is the gift in this? I saw that rejection as an opportunity to tell me that I'm not going after the right audience. And I know who my, my actual ideal customer are they are you know immigrants like me i'm going to go after that and that suddenly change and you become better because of that rejection and not bitter because of it and so the next piece of that is is all of the yeses you aspire to live in the land of no's that's what rich litvin has taught us in his prosperous coach book and what's really important in that book is to really understand that you know when instead of fearing rejection we want to embrace it um, you know, th- I learned this very early on. I was a door-to-door salesperson for my local newspaper and I just loved doing it. I was a kid. I was probably like 12, 13 years old. And uh, and when I was going door-to-door and asking for people for business and sales, I, I really did get excited because every single no I knew was leading me to a yes. And so rather than being rejected by it, I was encouraged by it. And so I would keep playing with it. Like, how could I inspire people to say yes? And what are some of the most courageous ways that I could get a no? And so I would play around with it and I I would try on new things and try on new tactics. And I was literally excited about getting those no's because it meant that I got to try something new and try something else and try and get seeing. And when I started to see something would work for me, I would continue to use it and elevate it and refine it. And that's what we want to be in. We want to be in that place where all that opportunity and all that yes lives in the land of no. And if we are uh, deterred by rejection, we'll never get there. But if we embrace it, there's a lot of great opportunity in front of us. Beautiful. Thank you. And with that uh, uh, opportunity in front of us, I wondered if you're an ambitious early stage entrepreneur, coach or otherwise, listening to our chat today, Coach Bill, but still feeling that, and I felt this, I, I, I don't know if you have, but just this paralyzing fear of that personal failure or personal rejection or others in our community witnessing this rejection. What's your most pressing sage-based motivator for this group? Yeah, you know, so when we look at the sage, the, there are five sage powers and I really, uh, there is an order in a sequence which not is not always clear to people. Uh, you begin with empathy. That's always the best place to go because when you have empathy for yourself, empathy for others, empathy for the situation you find yourself in, it unlocks access to the other sage powers. So what ends up happening is by having empathy for myself, I can understand that I'm an imperfect human being. I'm going into my own journey. I love what I'm up to. That leads me to explore, like what are the other possibilities I might not be seeing? That leads me to innovate so I can sort of think about new ways of reinventing myself or my offer or whatever else I'm up to that keeps me on the path of navigation toward the outcomes I'm committed to having. And then that motivates me to get back into action. And so for me, that's part of it. Uh, you know, I've been studying mastery for quite some time now. And one of the things about mastery is you got to love the plateau. And this is the challenge, right? Can you really be on the plateau and love it? Because most people want to just have the end result, but it's the journey, not the destination. Now you hear that, 
but do you live it? Because the true journey and the true mastery is being in that place where things aren't always working as you want them to and still be okay with it. It's being thrown down on that mat and getting right back up. It's that idea that we're not always going to get what we want, but to kill, still come out and do it every single day because the long term, you're going to be successful. But you got to be willing to take those rejections. you got to be willing to fail in order to succeed. That's absolutely right. And a wonderful note to end our conversation with. Bill Carmody, corporate trainer and mental fitness coach, thank you for coming to the Sage Sayers. How do you want to direct my listeners to find you? Yeah, so I would say the best value that your listeners can have is to go to positiveintelligence.com slash assessments. Take the five-minute saboteur assessment. If you don't know what Debbie and I were talking about, this is a great place to start. If you want to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, billcarmody.com or my best-selling book, three rules of marriage.com. Um, so that, so three rules of marriage.com and we'd love to connect with you. So thank you so much. And thanks for having me on your show, Debbie. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure and my honor, Bill. It's just fantastic. And you've been listening to the Sage Sayers as my weekly podcast on communications tips and strategies and interesting stories from intriguing individuals from all over the world who found the gift, the opportunity and the knowledge from challenging situations. If you'd like to visit my website, go to hangingrockcoaching.com and look in the show notes for my workshops and my Calendly link to book me for a complimentary content strategy or coaching session. Thanks for listening and I'll speak with you next week. Bye for now.